Welcome to the Purpose and Principles podcast. Today I have on the line with us Dr. Robert Emmons. Robert Emmons and I actually have been in social media for a number of years, so I feel like we're already close friends. Uh, but Dr. Emmons is a professor of psychology at the University of Dav California, Davis, and he's taught there since 1988. Multiple publications, lots of different things that he's doing. Um, he's the founder of the Journal of Positive Psychology. His research focuses on the psychology of gratitude and joy as they relate to human flourishing and well-being. And he's a frequent speaker at professional conferences and public events. Dr. Emmons has been a guest lecturer at Yale, Oxford, Stanford, the University of Michigan, and many others. And he's received research and funding by the National Institute of Mental Health and many other places. He's been reported all around the world in national media. And he lives with his wife of 25 years, Yvonne, and their two sons and their two dogs in Davis, California. So, Dr. Emmons, I am grateful that you're on the show today. Thank you, Max. And call me Bob. I'm, I'm grateful to be with you. And the 25 years is kind of rounded off. So it'll be uh, this year, it'll be 25 years. So fantastic. Uh, it seems seems like just 10. But uh, so I'm very grateful for, for her and for my uh, family. Keep me inspired in the reason that I what I do, you know, what I do. And so um, uh, I'm anxious to talk to you about gratitude and and what we've learned, and it's an exciting topic. I've been doing this for 20 years, and it just feels like yesterday. You know, there's so much more that we still need to learn. Well, it's a it's a tremendous topic. And, of course, your work has, has it, well, it drew me in years ago and started following you, buying your books. Um, in fact, I'm holding in my hand one of your latest books, The Little Book of Gratitude, Create a Life of Happiness and Well-Being by Giving Thanks. And... I love this topic and the fact that you get to do it for a living is just really, really cool. You know, uh, it's hard to imagine this is something I get, I get paid for. And, uh, although I guess now, now it's no longer a secret, uh, but, uh, mm. it's, uh, there's so many topics, especially in psychology that are just the opposite. Yeah. It's like, you know, the dark side of life. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, di distress and depression and, and disease and dysfunction, disappointment and all the deadly deeds. Mm -hmm. So to be able to, you know, focus on some of the best things in life, things that make life worth living, uh, that itself is uh, just really a gift. And so uh, this is awesome to be able to share that with your audience today. Well, I love that. And let's just jump right into it. What What is gratitude and how did you get interested in it? Yeah, so, uh, so it's interesting. You know, usually the, the choice of a research topic for a scientist is, is the result of a kind of a lengthy and systematic search process. So sometimes mm -hmm. it's that way. Uh, sometimes it's the result of a lifelong interest in a topic. You know, uh, students want to help others. They want to, let's say, work with the aging population because they took care of their grandparents, for example. You often see that with psychology majors. And neither was the case with me. It was really the result of an opportunity, an opportunity rose, uh, where an organizer of a conference called me up and said, uh, Dr. Emmons, we're, we're putting together a small group of people, uh, and we want you to come to this conference. Mm -hmm. And the theme of the conference are is uh, classic, what they call classical sources of human strength. So these were qualities, things like uh, virtues and strengths that across uh, time and around the world, mm -hmm. people and cultures have deemed as really, really important to living a good life. So things like hope and love and optimism and forgiveness and humility and wisdom. And so you might think of these as spiritual virtues. Mm -hmm. And so gratitude was one of the ones in the list. Well, I had actually, I asked the organizer, so uh, humility, I'd actually studied the opposite as an undergraduate. My first project was on narcissism. Mm. thought you know well humility is, is the, the opposite of that mm -hmm. so i really like to learn more about humility because i've done narcissism and i realized that you know humility is something which is understudied undervalued and neglected so let me do that as well uh sorry uh, that's already been taken and i mm. said oh bummer right so mm. all right so what do you want me to do what's left over and he said to me so the one that's left over that nobody else wanted was gratitude mm. you're going to become the gratitude expert you're going to come to this meeting and tell us what we've learned, but more importantly, what we haven't learned, what we need to learn. You know, do you have a do you have an agenda for the future? What do you think would be the best way to study this topic? So this organizer and I didn't I didn't really know him. I only met him once before, but we became really good friends and good colleagues. And we mm -hmm. worked together on a number of interesting graduate projects from the start. So so that's how it all got started. That's what got me in. Uh, you know, but what keeps me in is just realizing that I need gratitude. I need to remind myself on a daily basis. 
about all the things in my life that I could easily take for granted, all the people that make my life easier and better, that are doing things for me that I can't do for myself. And so I forget every day. You know, I, I, I tell people I need to practice gratitude every day. Mm-hmm. And they say, why? And I say, because I forget every day. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, I think, the nature of, of the concept. So mm-hmm. that keeps me going, those two factors. Well, I love that story and the fact that the fact that it got chosen for you and now it's become a calling in your life. I mean, it 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 it's just so great. And when we talk about purpose, I I love the fact that you are so anchored in this and sharing what gratitude is. In your book, you mm-hmm. it, just at the very beginning you write, "Living gratefully begins with affirming the good and yes. recognizing its sources." Yes. It's the understanding you know, that we, life owes me nothing. Right. And that all the good I have is a gift accompanied by an awareness that nothing can be taken for granted. Yes. You know, psychologists, uh, as you know, can easily complicate seemingly straightforward concepts. Mm-hmm. And uh, gratitude would appear to be no exception to that. <laughs> mm. Often, you know, if you ask the average person, so what is gratitude? Yeah. They'll say something like, oh, it's saying thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's being aware. Maybe they'll go a little bit deeper and, and say, you know, it's being aware of the, you know, benefits or favors or kindness of other people. And so gratitude is the appropriate response to kindness. I doubt many would, many would define it the way I did, mm-hmm. which is the, you know, the result of affirming the good. So you, you say, yes, there, there's good things in my life, right? I, I notice them. I uh, become aware of them. And I say, I say yes to life in, in various ways. Mm-hmm. But I also recognize that I didn't, like you said, I didn't do anything to earn or deserve or to merit this. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's there anyway. It was like given to me. It just kind of fell into my lap without myself having to earn it. And so that's the second stage. So it's affirming the good and then recognizing where this good comes from. And then ultimately believing that all the good I have is a gift, that life itself is gift. It's, it's pure gift. And that's where living gratefully begins. Oh, that's beautiful. And you, you go on to, to you go on in the book by saying gratitude is a way of seeing. It's a way of seeing that alters our gaze. Can you just elaborate on that? What, how does it alter sure, the way we see sure. things when we're grateful? You know, we get into a certain um, framework, a frame of mind. One thing we've learned, if you learn anything about gratitude, and of course, parenthetically, we've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. But if we learn one thing from gratitude and then the larger field of happiness studies or positive psychology, it's that framing makes all the difference. How we choose to look at life, mm-hmm. you know, how we choose to look at an experience or a situation or a circumstance, or an opportunity. And so when we look at life through a lens of gratitude, we start to see we start to see opportunities where before maybe we saw problems. We start to see blessings where before we used to see burdens. Hmm. You know, the mind tends to focus on what's going wrong, the, the, the well-known negativity bias yes. right, uh, that everybody knows about. And if you go to any talk on happiness or positive psychology, I guarantee at some point, Somehow, somewhere, the speaker is going to bring that up, the negativity bias, the the tendency to focus on what's going wrong Mm -hmm. instead of what's going right. And so, you know, gratitude is just the opposite of that. Gratitude can help us actually um, turn down the volume on the negativity bias and turn up the volume on the positive by looking at life through this lens of gratefulness. So we see blessings where we used to see birds. We see see opportunities where we used to see just problems, uh, you know, and so... um, it's just from, and many people report that they say, you know, it just when they started to look at life through a lens of gratitude or they, they put on their gratitude glasses, as some people like to use that uh, metaphor, mm-hmm. everything looks different. It's like when you got a new prescription, you know, on your glasses and everything used to be kind of blurry and just kind of got used to that. You didn't know mm-hmm. that things could be different. Mm-hmm. Now things are different. Everything is sharper and clearer and looks and look bigger and, and better and brighter. And that's what gratitude can do for us. So it's interesting to me because, you know, listeners, some listeners might be feeling, but, but you don't get it. You know, I have had, I've had a bad day or my life is just a lot harder and, and assuming a gratitude or, or, or assuming that I can be happy. It's just so much harder for me. And maybe, maybe you're just by nature, a happy person, but are you saying that people can cultivate an attitude of gratitude? I think it's really important to recognize remember that that gratitude or gratefulness really is an attitude Mm -hmm. that it's not simply an emotion that we feel in a particular situation so yeah i think a lot of people would say well uh i'll be grateful if such and such happens Mm -hmm. right so their gratitude becomes conditional okay it's because i mean it often is it's a response 
to a specific incident or circumstance. And so they say, okay, well, I feel grateful when, you know, something happens, you know, when I get that job, when I graduate, when I get married, when I get a car, when I, you know, take a vacation. So it's always conditional upon something that hasn't yet happened, Mm -hmm. which uh, it's very dangerous because that also the flip side of that is that I cannot feel grateful unless that thing happens, you know, or unless that circumstance occurs. Mm -hmm. So and what I'm saying is that no, the gratitude can be cultivated quite independently of that. It could be it could be an attitude, an, or, an orientation toward life, that says that you know everything that life gives us and throws at us, even if it's bad, even if it's something that we didn't want, which happens pretty much every day and in every way. There's suffering of one form or another, right? We, we've never known a day that was totally pain free. Mm-hmm. So you know the 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 other option is well. I may not want the situation. It's not what I would have chosen. But now, what can I do because of that? What opportunity has been afforded to me? Can I look at that through a lens of possibility instead of adversity? And then that becomes something that maybe, if not in the in the current situation or the current state, maybe at some future day, I can look back on that. And you know that people do that all the time. And they say, you know, that, in fact, was was one of the best things that ever happened to me. I love that reframing. And, and, and it's not to say that bad things aren't happening or that we're ignoring the fact that maybe something hard is happening or that I'm experiencing adversity. You're simply saying, what can I learn from this? How can I, how can I respond to this in a different way? So that reframing doesn't ignore the negative. It just says, is there another way of looking at it? And that's the context, I think, in which we will experience the, the uh, positive emotions that are just as strong but in the other direction, mm. you know, and uh, many people that have, have talked to me and because I've swum in the waters of gratitude for quite some time now, I hear from people and they write to me, they, you know, will email me or send me a letter or a note or a card, which is always great to hear from real people having, you know, being in academia uh, for mm. many decades now. And they've been in the, in the darkest places in their lives, yeah. you know, they, and they've been through every sort of trial and tribulation and suffering, nothing that you'd ever want for yourself or anyone that that is uh, close to you. But then at some something happens at some point. There's this there's this reversal. There's this redemptive twist. And maybe it's just some one person was kind to them. You know, they, they 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 learned that there was a way out. They started to look at life differently, and that gratitude became their spiritual lifeline. And so uh, that really is, is just amazing and inspires me, you know, what I do when I hear from people like that. But it does indicate to me that that pain and suffering and, and, and trauma and all that, it, it, it's real, but it also can be very redemptive. And oftentimes it results in, you know, I think the deepest and strongest and then the most resilient form of gratitude because it's not dependent upon experiences or circumstances, right? So see the problem if it's conditional, circumstantial, you have it when times are good. But then when you lose it, when times are bad, right. but if it's this deep and pervasive underlying attitude toward life, it's not going to be, you know, it's, it's undentable by life circumstances. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I love that. Always easier said than done, of course. Oh, and, that, and that's the other part, right? Is that it is easier said than done. Right. And so it does, it does make me curious to learn more about how you deal with adversity. And part of me is thinking, boy, there's sometimes when I think that complaining or, focusing on the the adversity that is in my life somehow it'll make me feel better but that that isn't necessarily true is it no uh it it can become obviously very common i think you know given the given the uh propensity because of this negativity bias to focus on you know deficits and Mm -hmm. what what we're lacking Mm-hmm. Uh, is just very common. And, you know, uh, I think that gets exacerbated by our social networks because we know that people tend to commiserate together. There's, there's a bonding that comes from that, right? And uh, some of that can be very beneficial and very productive, right? I mean, the origins of protest movements began, you know, collectively with grievances and perceived injustices and, and unfairness. And mm-hmm. that can be a good thing, but also can, you know, drag us down individually and intrapsychically when we, you know, complain. It's kind of interesting, actually, that uh, gratitude is the opposite of complaint. And that one of the things that people often complain about, and I do this, and I don't know, maybe you do that. I, I think you probably don't, but I do that. And a lot of people do is that we complain about other people's lack of gratitude. Hmm. Like we, 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 we're so, um, uh, 
we fiercely monitor other people's gratitude or lack thereof, and then we condemn its absence. In fact, one of the questions I often get from public audiences, like the first question, my hands go up at the end. I say, okay, uh, this sounds good. Okay, I'm, I'm a grateful person. I try to be, but, but you know, how can I get so-and-so to become more grateful? <laughs> so-and-so might be a spouse. It might be a child, a teenager. It could be a coworker, whoever, right? It's always the, the, the obsession is with fixing this other person, mm-hmm. right? So we complain about their lack of uh, gratitude. But I think, you know, we think that complaining is good for us because, I mean, may, maybe it goes back to the Freudian heritage of the, the notion of catharsis. You know, if we vent, if we express our feelings, whether they're good or bad, but especially bad, mm-hmm. you know, if we if we if we um, show what we're angry about or if we complain and what, what annoys us, irritates us, that's going to make us feel better. And it mm-hmm. might in the short run. I think that's why it persists. Right. We know there's some value to it physiologically and behaviorally mm-hmm. uh, anger. But we know that also that that doesn't work in the long run. It actually it actually just makes us more angry. <laughs> it just magnifies because what's happening is we're activating our fight or flight reaction in our sympathetic nervous system when we are angry. We're reliving the anger, right? Yeah. And so if we don't get any, any kind of insight into what caused it or how we can you know, deal with it in a kind of constructive way. It just stays there and it can actually become stronger over time. So, so the complaint, uh, you know, I think you know, maybe has some short-term advantages, but in the long run, uh, it never seems to be a very you know, fruitful approach uh, to dealing with you know, one's emotions. I mean, it's so powerful. And, and it, like you said, there may be a short term gain, but over the long run, it actually becomes very negative and well, it traps us, right? It I does. mean, it's, it, but then we're, we're, we're slaves to our emotions, mm-hmm. right? It's like we, we, everything we do, everything we feel, uh, how we react to situations, we become much more reactive as opposed to responsive to situations because now emotions are running the show. So, so what do you recommend? Like when you catch yourself complaining or, or like you said, when you're looking out at someone else and you're saying, Hey, you're not grateful enough, you know, and you end up finding (laughs) yourself, you know, critiquing others about their lack or when you find yourself, um, angry for whatever reason, how how do you catch yourself? How do you correct it so that you create this new habit of finding more gratitude? You know, um, and I find myself in that situation frequently and often. Mm-hmm. And I, I suspect that's one of the motivations which got me into this, too, is just realizing that, you know, this wasn't my default. Right. I just kind of like everyone else slide into negativity. It's not something that I need to practice. Right? We just kind of drift that way. That's like our our default setting. And uh, at some point, you know, you realize it when you, you know, you express uh, complaint and live in that world of you know complaint and dissatisfaction. Eventually you start to get dissatisfied with your own dissatisfaction or, you know, discontented with your lack of contentment because you see the effect that's having on people around you mm-hmm. as well as your own life. And so, you know, I mean, the quickest way I try to short circuit that is just, you know, by what I say to myself inside my, my interior dialogue or interior monologue, you know, I try to watch my words, you know, what I say to myself, I try to, uh, I, I try to use the language that I see other grateful people use when they talk about their lives. And, and you see this all the time, right? People are being interviewed, whether it's a celebrity or an athlete or politician or whoever, you know, you see them in some of them just have this aura about them mm-hmm. they, they speak in the language of, of, of humble gratitude they'll give credit to other people they say how fortunate they are or how lucky they are or how blessed they are uh, and so whereas the less grateful people just seem to be preoccupied with the opposite with you know how life is dealing them you know a, a shorthand right with the preoccupied with burdens and and deprivations and complaints and so i have to recalibrate myself right? i have to say okay what is the gift in this situation mm. how can i you know look at this differently and again it doesn't come that easily you know when i get stuck in a line that's moving very slowly I, i'm complaining too right <laughs> but i look around i see people reacting differently mm-hmm. and i you know i start to think okay well maybe i should have some ca- compassion for that person who is holding up the line because I know I've been in that situation many times and I'll likely be in that situation again. Right. So what right do I have to insist or demand, you know, quicker service, right? This my this line should be moving swiftly just because I'm in it. I'm not all that important. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of thing I try to tell myself if I'm being honest with myself. And again, it's not always that easy. Well, I appreciate your candor. And, and, and frankly, I think that's the only way to have this kind of conversation, right? Is we, we all fall short. And yet here's this, this better way that we all aspire to. Um, and, 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 well, and I love that. Uh, 
one of the books I read recently was was the Book of Joy mm. by the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you, if you saw that one, but I have. But I'm writing it down. Yeah, 2016, the Book of Joy. Mm-hmm. And so it's based on a week long conversation between these two spiritual giants and spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's their view, kind of, of uh, you know, what is joy? What produces joy? What are the um, pillars of joy? And then what are the obstacles to living a joyful life? Mm-hmm. And so there's chapters on all the usual suspects like, you know, compassion and generosity and anger and forgiveness. And fortunately, gratitude is one of the chapters as well. But in the chapter on, on compassion, I, I, I'll never forget this where, there, where Archbishop Tutu talks about, you know, being in traffic. And then, you know, all kinds of bad things happen in traffic, of course, all the time. And how do you maintain a positive attitude with all the, you know, crazy drivers out there or drivers who are texting and doing other things they shouldn't do, mm-hmm. uh, speeding, tailgating you, et cetera. And, and so, you know, his attitude is, well, look, I mean, they might have a reason for doing what they're doing, why they're speeding, because they need to go somewhere because, you know, maybe their, maybe their wife is pregnant and she's on her, on her way to the hospital. Right. And they're trying to get there. Now, it's probably not true, right? It's not going to be true most of the time, but that doesn't matter. Right. The fact is you kind of look at life from their perspective, and that just makes that kind of situation so much easier to tolerate, realizing that, you know, there's reasons why people do what they do. We don't often know them. In fact, most of the time we don't know the reason because we don't know who they are. But it would be better if we assumed the positive about other people and their intentions as opposed to, as you mentioned, assuming that people are just being selfish or angry because it doesn't really help us. It doesn't just... help us at all. It just makes us more frustrated. Yeah. I would complain. I mean, so, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't hurt them. Oftentimes it's actually more accurate. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Um, going back to your book for a moment, uh, another really cool piece that you write It says, grateful living is possible only when we realize that other people and agents do things for us that we cannot do for ourselves. Gratitude emerges from two stages of information processing, affirmation and recognition. We affirm the good and credit others with bringing it about. Essentially, you say, in gratitude, we recognize that the source of goodness is outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Why? How? I mean, that is just such a cool recognition to understand that gratitude, in and of itself, we can't we can't do it without thinking about others. We can't. I mean, it's it's other directed. It's relational. Uh, no, no one is ever grateful to themselves, mm. right? I mean, who's the last person that you know who wrote a thank you note to themselves? Right? Mm. It just doesn't make sense, right? I mean, mm-hmm. even if you, I mean, if you went and you bought yourself a present because it's your birthday mm-hmm. or it's, you know, it's Christmas and you're doing your Christmas shopping. Oh, you see something on sale that you would like, you know, you might pick it up, right? Uh, cause it, you know, it's there or whatever and it's attractive to you, but you wouldn't feel grateful to yourself, right? Mm. Even if you wrapped it up, you know, opened it up, you know, Christmas morning, you say, whoa, look at that. Just what I wanted, right? <laughs> I'm so thoughtful of myself. You know, that'd be foolish, right? You wouldn't, so you don't, you don't feel grateful to yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, and um, that, that in and of itself actually is somewhat controversial in some circles. And uh, I'll never forget the time I was at a conference and one person for like three days in a row just kind of like followed me around trying to convince me that, no, you can be grateful to yourself Hmm. and i don't you know so they felt very strongly about it and i'm not sure that i they were ever ever were able to uh convert me to their point of view but i think i know what they meant and i think what they meant what they were trying to say is that you can be grateful that you have certain qualities or skills Mm -hmm. or abilities Mm -hmm. so you can be grateful that you have certain qualities but you're not grateful to yourself because you have them, right? Mm-hmm. You got them or for whatever. Maybe you worked hard. Maybe it was effort. Maybe they were endowed by your creator. Maybe it was, you know, teachers or mentors. So this, the source of what it is is separate from the actual quality. So so I think there, in, in some sense, that does make sense. But it's not quite the same as being grateful to. Grateful for is different from grateful to. But in any case, I think that you're right. The interesting thing about gratitude, unlike other emotions, which can be self-focused, self-directed, like anger or guilt and shame, mm-hmm. for example, that's not the case with gratitude. It's other focus, which, and I, and I appreciate the, 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 the argument you just made as well, like people going back and forth. But for me, your point about how it is other focused is really key. And, and basically you keep telling us already that the more we get other focused, and less about the negative or the adversity that I might be dealing with, the sooner I can approach things in a more productive way. 
I think that's right. I think that's right. And um, I think that's one of the reasons why gratitude has the power it does to mm -hmm. bring healing and wholeness and, and wellness and fullness is because it takes our mind off ourselves. And a lot of times, you know, we, well, we know when people are depressed or suffering from an anxiety disorder, the, the tension is all about the self. Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, things that are not going well for me. Mm -hmm. It's about other people not doing the things that I want them to do. It's about people, you know, withholding things that I need in order to be happy. You know, it's all about what I'm not getting. The focus mm -hmm. is all about me. Whereas gratitude just turns that, you know, upside down, inside out. Now the focus is on other people. Um, I'm, I'm noticing and I'm absorbed by what other people are doing for me. And that's, that's a beautiful realization that brings a lot of freedom to life. Boy, I mean, my, I, I'm so grateful for this conversation and, and it, it brings a big smile to my face as I hear you talk about these things. Some people would say that, uh, well, or at least they would try to challenge gratitude perhaps with something you've described as a myth, which is that some people say, you know, hey, gratitude leads to complacency. But you say that's just not true. No, you know, one of the one of the reasons why I love gratitude is because there's some misconceptions about it. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, nothing is quite so rewarding as to, uh, you know, point out to people, no, it's not that at all. Mm -hmm. right? It's actually this. And it's, oh, okay, I hadn't thought about it that way. Because, you know, we, we tend to think about things, as you were mentioning before, in a certain way, in a certain box, and that prevents us from looking at things in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so things are not always what they appear to be. And it's certainly the case with gratitude. It's misunderstood in a lot of different ways. And I think that's the number one way in which it's misunderstood, is that it, it makes us just more, more uh, satisfied or more, complacent uh that it undercuts ambition mm -hmm. you know you hear this you hear this all the time you know in certain realms it's like uh okay well if i'm if i'm grateful uh i'm going to be less motivated i'll just you know accept whatever i have i'll be satisfied i'm not going to stir up problems you know cause trouble mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. uh it's just it, it leads me to believe that things are enough you know mm -hmm. the way they are uh, and so on and i think one one person called it the that they said that let me see if i get this right uh, gratitude is the undignified badge of surrender. Mm. I thought, well, that's interesting. I, I don't wow. think it's that, but I think people think that you're just going to give up. You're going to give in. You're going to surrender. Uh, but it's undignified because it's always in response to someone who has more power than you. It's like a status differential sort of thing. Right. And, uh, but it's not that way at all. We know that it's not, we know from research, right. Maybe we can think of, you know, cases like that we can always pull to mind certain you know individuals maybe or a circumstance where you just became more uh what complacent or passive because of gratitude even that could be very rare but generally it's, it's quite the other way around that gratitude causes us to do things that it motivates us it drives a sense of purpose a desire to do more we we've got data on that from studies we know quite apart from anything i ever did that one of the one of the things that about gratitude that makes it so powerful is that it, it drives social action, mm. right? People want to do things, right? They want gratefulness makes us better citizens. We're more concerned about the well-being of others. We're more concerned about the environment. We know that environmentalists talk about feeling grateful to be living on, you know, on this planet. I mean, when they're grateful, they want to do things, mm -hmm. right? They don't want to destroy it. They want to take care of it. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the case that when what we're, what we feel grateful for, we want to, you know, do what we can to take care of it. And so gratitude does drive, you know, I think generosity or caring. Uh, there's studies showing that gratitude is really at the heart of generosity. Mm -hmm. When they, people who, I don't say generosity, but I know people that do. And when they look at all the motivations why people are generous, there's lots of them. But at the core, it's often a deep sense of gratitude for what people themselves have received in life. And now they want to give back the good that they've received. So th those, those are beautiful findings because that, that really challenges the myth that gratitude is all about just becoming, you know, satisfied, complacent, uh, not being, you know, very motivated to do things. In fact, they're motivated to do great things in many cases. Boy, and, and the more I hear you share those statistics and that research, it just makes me feel like if you really want to be a high performer, if you really want to get better results, be more grateful. That's right. I mean, here's this is amazing. Um, I do a fair amount of work in the realm of uh, healthcare, mm -hmm. and so uh, speaking at hospitals and, and medical centers and doctors and nurses and that sort of thing. Did you know that uh, charitable giving to hospitals and healthcare systems was like over ten billion? That's billion with a B mm -hmm. in fiscal year 2018. Ten billion dollars. Mm. Eighty percent of that money 
came from individuals and families. It didn't come from the government. It didn't from, come from corporations. It didn't come from foundations. 80% was private. Mm-hmm. The number one motivation, what motivated people to give a charitable gift to a hospital was gratitude, the desire to express gratitude for the care that they received. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me that gratitude leads to complacency or passivity. Right? People are giving you know, $8 billion out of gratitude. Well, and so it actually leads me to another question, which is, do you find that gratitude also leads to better health? Or do you find people that are in hospitals can uh, become healthier if they have a sense of gratitude? Or is there any research that supports that people with gratitude have a happier workplace? I don't know. There, There's a ton of that sort of research. In fact, I mean, that's what originally got me into this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the, the, the work that I did back in graduate school on happiness that with my um, graduate school mentor at the University of Illinois, and he was studying gratitude. I mean, he was studying happiness, mm-hmm. uh, but actually, he didn't call it happiness back in the day because it wasn't considered to be particularly polite to use the H word mm-hmm. in the science. Mm-hmm. You know, it's happiness. What's happiness? It's the soft and and uh, squishy topic. It's not very rigorous sounding, not very you know, legitimate sounding. So, so get this. He called it subjective well being. Mm-hmm. So that's much. Mm-hmm more you know greater credibility very scientific yeah yeah exactly right uh but it turns out it was happiness and now we we use that term freely because there's there's a happiness science that's been around a couple of decades there's a whole industry out there about how to become happier you know with with gurus you know with their uh, methods and programs and principles of happiness so it's become quite quite the mainstream you know in, in the field of science but also in various applied settings uh, as well. And uh, gratitude, it seemed to me when I first began my research that gratitude's got something to do with happiness, but it seemed like to be the ignored factor mm-hmm. that people were studying attitudes like optimism and, and hopefulness and things like social activity and social relationships and social support and social networks. And that's got a lot to do with happiness as, as well. But, you know, what about just looking at life through a lens of gratitude? That's got to have something to do with happiness, right? Uh, and so that's why began doing my experimental studies back in the late 90s where we documented that yeah when when you systematically cultivate gratitude through a you know, variety of different exercises we did gratitude journaling so that seemed to work really well and everybody got it mm-hmm. that happiness levels you know sustainably change you could measure the change these were substantial changes that were sustained over time and then so that was at, at first but then we see lots of people now expanding and moving into the realm of the body physiology. Mm-hmm. In fact, gratitude is, is good medicine. And so physicians and other healthcare providers tremendously interested and very enthusiastic about the science of gratitude for good reason, mm-hmm. because they know that, it, that it's beneficial for their patients, that it's beneficial for healing, that, that, that people engage in health-promoting behaviors, partly out of gratitude. It's kind of like that example with the environment. You take better care of something you're grateful for. So mm-hmm. if you're grateful for good health, grateful for your body, you're going to take better care of it. You're going to exercise more. You're going to eat in a more healthy way. You're not going to damage your body by, you know, engaging in risky behaviors. And so health promoting, doing more of those, doing less health damaging behaviors, grateful. And then there's all the research on actual biomarkers of health and illness like cholesterol and stress hormones and markers of inflammation. And pretty much they all show the same thing, that gratitude works, that gratitude brings advantages in the in the physiological realm, much as it does in the emotional and, and interpersonal realms. Well, it's it's really powerful. And it makes me wonder why there's such a, uh, I wouldn't say a resistance, because I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of people that would like to have more gratitude. Yes. But 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 still, it seems lacking. And and when I go into workplaces, as you do, and and realize that the place either doesn't have a lot of psychological safety or mm. uh, maybe a lot of tension in the room or it feels even toxic sometimes, I sometimes wonder, well, why? Why do we have to work like this in order to achieve the results that we're all trying to do? It just seems so much harder that way, but it's pervasive. I think there's a lack of appreciation of the, you know, uh, the hard data. And which is why I think there's been so much traction gained in the field of medicine because the data are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we, we had good people and we, we uh, I helped to uh, develop this research uh, initiative many, many years ago where we funded actual doctors and other and, and basic uh, psychophysiologists to really look at what's going on under the skin when people are experiencing gratitude. And so, you know, we, we've built that on a solid foundation uh, and I haven't yet seen that in organizational studies uh, so far, except you know, a few exceptions. But in the workplace, we 
we don't know yet that gratitude makes a difference for organizational outcomes, right? Whether it's engagement or, or loyalty to a brand or, um, you know, whatever uh, safety outcomes, you know, um, a lack of uh, what turnover at absenteeism. There's all sorts of good, you know, and you know this much more than I do, these, these findings that, you know, if we can, we can measure these outcomes and we can show that something like pricing gratitude can move the needle on these. I think you'll, you'll see a lot more, you know, leaders, you know, notice that and take, take knowledge of that and actually work to incorporate some of these into their, into their climates within their workplaces. Yeah. It's, it's so compelling to me. And, and for all the reasons we've already talked about, I, I, I want to continue this conversation and pivot it just a little bit now mm. to think about, and and that organizational piece, by the way, I, I want to do something with you on that. So we'll talk later on that. <laughs> okay. But it would be so much fun. But you know, the, the, this the internet and social media and and the things we're all absorbed in um, online can be very consuming, and a lot of it is quite negative, as you and I both know. And of course, that's how we connected was through social <laughs> media. So it's not all negative. It's not all bad. But there's there's a lot of stuff out there that takes people down, and it. Do you think that's having a huge effect? And if so, what is the research telling us? And and what do we do to be more thoughtful about what's happening? Mm-hmm. And, and the flip side of that is when when people do, I think because of the preponderance of the, the negativity bias, which is just it just makes it so much easier when you're 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 anonymous. You're, you're, at least you're not face to face with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it does seem to, you know, set the stage for making that the, um, you know, the default. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know from the research on complaining that we mentioned before, when actually people uh, listen to complaints, right? There's studies showing that actually it dampens other people's moods. Mm-hmm. So not just the complainer, but listening to gripes actually makes people feel worse. And then the complainer feels worse as well, even though, you know, we think that if we're complaining, we're going to feel better because we're letting up. We're letting off the steam mm-hmm. of the negativity, so that doesn't work uh, either. So uh, <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's just you know become the norm. Then we get skeptical when people express gratitude. That's the other side of this, mm-hmm. right? And maybe that is just because of the default of you know oftentimes expecting the worst because that's become you know the norm mm-hmm. in uh, through uh, the social conversation that that people have. It's like when people do say what they're grateful for or, or they hashtag things with like, you know, blessed or grateful or whatever. Uh, it's like uh, we kind of discount it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that we hear expressions of gratitude uh, in awards shows or when athletes, you know, celebrate, you know, the victory and they give thanks, you know, to God mm-hmm. or to their teammates. And we kind of discount that. Mm-hmm. We say it's strategic, you know, they're just trying to cover all the bases and trying to look good. So, I don't know. It's, it's certainly pervasive. And I think all these things are related to each other, but you know, when we, when we look at gratitude as something, which um, it's something that I think is just inherent part of human nature that we can, you know, we can let it all these other things in culture kind of cover it up and try to squash it down, but it's going to kind of leak through anyway. Is mm-hmm. it kind of like the weed coming up to the concrete? You know, so how can a weed grow in the concrete? But it does, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what efforts you take you know, to stop it, it comes back because it's part of who we are. It's, it's wired into our conditions. It's part of our, uh, you know, our, our, our operating system. And so uh, I think it, it yearns for expression and it feels good to express. It. You know that when people express gratitude, the effects on both the sender and the receiver are enormous. Yeah. And so, you know, what a great opportunity that is. So we can, we can bemoan the lack of gratitude that we see around us, whether it's in person or on social media, but we can also say, okay, well, that also creates a tremendous opportunity to do something important. Well, it's, it's interesting because it, it strikes me recently, I've been inviting our, our small community in our little town to just doing a monthly meal together. And those who want to come together, let's just have a meal. Let's meet face to face. We'll support local business, but more importantly, we're going to have local conversations where I see my neighbors face to face. And I think I'll respond differently in, in social media when I know the human being behind the picture. That's right. That's right. I mean, there's a, it's a time tested tradition in psychology. I mean, decades ago they found out that was the way you could reduce uh, prejudice and discrimination right? mm-hmm. by just hanging out with people of different, you know, ethnicities or different racial mm-hmm. groups. And uh, we, we experience that, you know, every day. 
But, I, you know, I, I think a lot of it nice comes down to the fact that there's such an emphasis, it seems to me, recently. I don't know where this comes from, but on just on being uh, genuine or authentic in our feelings. You know, I just I keep coming at seeing that word authenticity. And I wonder about how that sometimes actually works against gratitude, because that implies that, OK, we, we can only express something. We can only enact it if we feel it. You know, mm-hmm. anything else, we're not being true to ourselves. That's mm-hmm. like the ultimate cartoon. But what, what we should do is being true to ourselves. And so a lot of times we don't feel grateful, even when someone does something good for us or nice for us. Maybe we feel resentful or we feel indebted. We feel, hey, no, I have to obligate that good thing, right? And mm. we start worrying about how to pay back the good that we've received. And so people will say, well, this often comes up around Thanksgiving. It's like, well, okay, should you be thankful even though, you know, you don't feel thankful? Mm. Should you express gratitude because it's, you know, it's the holiday, it's a thing that everyone's doing even though you don't feel it? And they say, well, no, you shouldn't because, you know, it's, it, there's a discrepancy between what you're doing and how you're actually feeling. Mm-hmm. And, then, and they say, right? Isn't that right? And I say, no, that's wrong. I think that's wrong because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we need to express gratitude because it's the correct thing to do. It's, it's the morally appropriate response to receiving a benefit from someone mm-hmm. if, if you do something nice for me but i didn't want you to do it and now i resent that you did it so what right mm-hmm. i mean i still should s- express gratitude because you've gone out of your way to do something for me there's still that responsibility there's still that obligation and so i think this whole genuine emotional th- and authenticity movement it just falls apart in the realm of gratitude well really powerful really really powerful and so essentially there's some maybe some some mislaid beliefs out there that are being taught that would be counterproductive to what we're talking about today and and you're saying hey listen gratitude will elevate you whether you're feeling grateful or not expressing it sharing it recognizing that there's something other than yourself actually will be better for you and we learn that from the science of happiness right mm-hmm. one of the first uh, laws of of happiness how to become happier is actually act happy Mm-hmm. That 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 emotion change follows from behavior. Mm-hmm. So if you want to change your internal attitude or emotion, uh, do it. Just do the action, right? And, and so classic research yep. again that's always cited is when people actually made the facial expressions for happiness, not knowing that they were, because they told them like to hold a, hold a pencil in their teeth. Uh, which activates the smiling muscles. Hmm. They actually felt happier, and they rated. A, they rated. A, they watched a movie clip of, uh, from a comedy and rated it as funnier than people that were holding a, a pencil in their lips, which tends to activate the frowning muscles, which makes you unhappy. Wow! And so the, the facial feedback that our brain gets actually is, you know, informing our emotional state. And so emotion change follows from behavior. And I think the same thing with gratitude is that even if you're not feeling grateful express gratitude why because people deserve that when they've done something you know good for you they've gone out of their way and then also that can actually lead you to feel more grateful if you if you start to live the the, the gratitude that you're not feeling eventually you'll you'll feel the gratitude that you're living and the studies i think bear that out well i love that and i think i think it's a reflection of what i try to do in order to record for this show in fact you know my body language how i sit where i put myself in the room how i create the space and and when i'm when i'm listening to you i'm really trying to be thoughtful about um, feeling and learning from your conversation. But literally, I'm smiling a lot as well. And I'm nodding a lot. <laughs> In fact, you know, I mean, oh, that's great. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I get excited, you know, I get excited about what you're saying. <laughs> uh, we, we tend to think of gratitude from the neck up, mostly, you know, mm-hmm. it's this mental thing. It's this way of looking at life. It's, you know, this affirming and recognizing, and it's all about thinking, 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 recognizing awareness, mindful, all that stuff, which, mm-hmm. which is good. But it's it's not the whole, because we're not just our minds. We're not just our brains, right? We have bodies, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's, a, there's a physicality to gratitude. There's an embodiment of gratitude. And so if we just leave gratitude from the neck up, I think we're doing it a disservice. Well, this is a, just such a great conversation. It in the last few minutes we have, is there anything that you're that you're learning today that you didn't know previously that is surprising you even in the research today? Yeah, I mean, there's so much coming out that's, uh, and I, I I'm not doing a lot of it because there's just so much now. I used to be in the early days. I could put my you know hands on almost all the research. I would, would come across you know the transom and I would know what people were doing. But man, it's just really exploded the science. It's really accelerated. There's been more studies in the last five years than the previous forty five years when you wow. look at 
uh, indices and, and publication trends and so on. So uh, I am working on a project really excited about uh, looking at more now at the spiritual side of gratitude. It's been largely ignored. Mm. We've looked at gratitude mostly from a person-to-person uh, level, what I call the horizontal sphere of gratitude and gratitude you know, impacts relationships and also a lot of it is of course you know within the person as well as we've been talking about in terms of health or or emotions but we're, we're looking at gratitude to god now mm. uh, i wrote a proposal that was funded by a foundation and we're going to be giving research grants to people who are exploring the concept of what does it mean to be grateful to god mm. Of course, this is crossing you know, various different uh, traditions. And, and this, I think there's just been this big imbalance because we, we know very little about gratitude to, you know, for many people, if not the majority around the world, is gratitude to their ultimate giver, right? The source of all good that they've received. Mm-hmm. And so the need to understand the origins of what we have and why we have it, I think fundamentally is a very spiritual quest. And so I think there's a big potential here to really understand what, what is, you know, what is the spiritual quest all about? How do people experience gratitude to God and how do people express gratitude to God? So differently than how we express to other people, right? Because with people, we want to reciprocate. We want to give back because we receive as an obligation, a responsibility. People need things from us. Mm-hmm. But in most, tradi- in most traditions, you know, God doesn't need anything from us. You know, God is all powerful and self-sustaining. So how do we deal with that sense of indebtedness that we might have? Because we know that without the gifts that we receive from God, we don't exist. Right? Yeah. I and mean, that's a pretty big debt. Yeah. And so that's, you know, there's there's lots and lots of research questions there. But we're uh, actually we've uh, just passed the first phase of this where we've actually got letters of intent from about 130 research teams around the world. We're going to explore this topic using their methods from their discipline. So we have, of course, psychology and you know scientists from psychological sciences. But we also have uh, philosophers and people from the field of religious studies and uh, theologians to approach this topic from a, uh, a non-empirical, from the view of humanities, because we think that progress and understanding this topic comes from both the sciences as well as the humanities. So just to bring people together from these different disciplines to, to focus on a common theme and a, a common joint purpose is going to be super exciting. So so that's the project that will keep me busy for the next few years. Well, it, it sounds awesome. And it gets me excited about the future to hear that there's so much more research being done in this area. And that there's so many people around the world that are looking to studies like this and want to be part, a part of this positive movement. And, and while it has its critics, for sure, I think you've talked multiple times today about the reasons why gratitude is so profoundly important, the, the, you know, the positive psychology, the, the studies on happiness and why we need this more in our lives. And to be very careful, I think, actually, about uh, about dismissing this research because we don't talk about happiness or because we don't feel like it's valid. I, I, I don't think that's – we got to be careful about how critical we become when this is so, so powerful, even in its simplicity. The, the criticism is good because that, that helps us to refine our ideas and refine our methods uh, and so, I mean, that's a necessary part of the evolution of a scientific topic. So, yeah. uh, so I take the criticism seriously, but then I respond to them, whether it's you know, conceptual responses or empirical responses. And uh, it, it's much better to be criticized. One person said a long time ago, I forgot who that was, some smart person, that it's much better in academia to be criticized than to be ignored. The worst thing is to be ignored. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point. Well, from this learner, from from me as a big fan of your work, I'm listening and, and I'm reading and I'm studying and I'm trying to live it in my life. And so I say, I say, thank you for that. And I, I've, I'm grateful that you're in my life. Um, and so, and I'm grateful that you would come on this show to do this with us today. Is there one piece of advice that you would recommend for our listeners who want to just be better um, at feeling more grateful in their lives? Wow. One piece. It's yeah. hard. Uh, so I've written so much about it. You know, there's know. 10 ways, there's ten, five ways to do that and 20 ways to do this. And, <laughs> and actually, I think it's better to just do one sometimes, you know, because you get so lost in these lists that gratitude becomes a burden. It's like another thing to do an already busy to do list. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I talk about that in the little book of gratitude. It's like, you know, uh, you don't want to make this one more thing to add to an already busy, hectic life. Right? Yeah. And then you don't benefit from it. Then it just becomes a burden. Then you just, you know, you're doing it to not feel guilty right? as right. opposed to actually experiencing the joys of the practice. So uh, 
one of my favorite is, and I came across this a couple of years ago. I had the the privilege to speak at uh, Southwest Airlines uh, headquarters down in Dallas. I know you've had some contact and done some work with them as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came across a quote from their their founder who passed away about a year ago, Herb Kelleher. Mm-hmm. And Herb was very interesting, as you know, on a number of different levels. But one thing he was on to, he said this, he said that it's my practice to try to understand how valuable something is by trying to imagine myself without it. Mm-hmm. How valuable something is by trying. So take away something from your life. Imagine your life without something that's valuable in it. And then you really, really start to appreciate it. Right. It goes from something that, you know, maybe you take for granted to something that you see much more as a gift. That, mm-hmm. And you realize that life might not be this way. This might not exist. I might not have this job. I might not live where I do. I might not have this family. Right. So you start to subtract good things from your life. You think that would be bad or you think that would be depressing or make you anxious or whatever, but actually makes you more grateful. Mm-hmm. It actually makes you more joyful. I think that Herb was onto something very important here. I'm, I'm not sure that he knew he was, you know, anticipating what scientific research would show, but it probably wouldn't have surprised him either that we know that you know, studies have shown that when it comes to gratitude, that subtraction is actually the best addition. Mm. That when you take away something, imagine your life without that mm-hmm. job or relationship or whatever, you actually become more grateful for it and you become happier because now you just see it in a different light. So I think that's the best thing actually is just think about one thing. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a circumstance. Maybe it's where you live. Maybe it's some benefit that you enjoy. Just imagine life without that and that you can do that anytime, anywhere. You know, it, you don't need a special time or place to sit down and write a long list of what you're grateful for. It's just a simple mental practice. And I think that will not, I think I'm sure that will produce gratitude 10 times out of 10. Well, thank you for sharing that quote. Um, you know, like you said, Southwest Airlines and, and, and to have such a great founder. And of course, now his legacy living through this quote that you're sharing and through the yes. lives of so many people. Uh, and I agree with you. I've had that opportunity to, to spend some time with them as well. And, and they do some of this stuff really, really well. And it's inspiring to be around people who genuinely want to be more grateful and to share that gratitude with others. And I am grateful for this conversation today. So thank you for being here. Pleasure's been mine, Max. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really grateful for that. And let's let's do it again. I would love that. Great, great. Well, have a great day. And thanks again for being on the show. <laughs>